Welcome to the Word of Life podcast, a ministry of Word of Life Church, located in Lesueur, Minnesota. From sermon audio to midweek content and much more, we hope you are blessed by what you hear. For more information or to donate, please visit wordoflifemn.com. Now, enjoy this week's episode. you pray with me? Lord God, Heavenly Father, we come before you with praise and thanksgiving. You are God. We are not. You are pure and holy, seated in righteousness. You are perfect in all of your ways. And we are regularly reminded that we are not. We thank you, Lord, for loving us anyways. That even in our imperfection, even when we were dead in our sins, you still loved us and died for us. You forgive us. You've reconciled us to yourself and you've given us the ministry of reconciliation And so I'm incredibly thankful for the opportunity to be with an elder board who is willing to apologize. Lord, you know that we say, that I say it, that I I will hurt people's feelings. And I just ask for the opportunity to apologize so that you can be restored. So I thank you, Lord God, for helping us with the restoration process. Thank you for people who are willing to speak to us and emails and come in in person. And so, Lord, if there's anyone who's still feeling separated, we pray, Lord God, that you would lead us through the power of your Holy Spirit so that we could be united in your Son. We know your desire is that we be of of one heart and one mind, of one passion for you and for your kingdom, and there are still so many people who don't yet know you, Lord. And we just thank you for the opportunity to gather together as a congregation and, and share the message of salvation that's only available through Jesus Christ. We glorify your name because you are the peacemaker. You are the one who leads this. And it's only made possible through you, Jesus Christ, and the peace that you purchased on the cross. We thank you for your sacrifice for us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for all of your good gifts. Pray, Lord God, that you would give us ears to hear and eyes to see and a heart that trusts in you and what you've done for us. It's in your name we pray, Lord Jesus, our Savior. Amen. All right. I'm going to deliver my broken mic to Marty. And the mic part came off the headset part, so sorry about that. 
All right, we, uh, we are jumping back into our series called Jesus, the Early Years. And um, a couple weeks ago, we had the, I had the privilege of uh, sitting here and hearing my dad preach, and I just, it's such a huge treat for me. Um, and, and I just, I, the time that I got to work together with my dad was just phenomenal. And so uh, I'm, I'm thankful that he was willing to, to share God's word with us. And he got to preach on baptism, which happens to be one of my favorite texts. So it was really, really hard for me to like give that up, but I'm giving it up for my dad. So, you know, that, that was good. Um, but I'll admit, I was like, ah, I really wanted to preach on that. So, um, but as one of the reasons why I love one of the reasons why I love that baptism text is because right there, right there in the baptism of Jesus, Jesus didn't need to be baptized for sin, but he is identifying with humanity. And we get to see every person of the triune God doing their thing just like operating in their role perfectly. You've got Jesus Christ who has submitted to the Father's plan of salvation, and he is there, and he's wrapped in humanity, and he's, and he's just embracing humanity and identifying with humanity, and he's like, no, 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 I gotta, I gotta be baptized because he is the Son of Man, not just the Son of God, but the Son of God and the Son of Man. And, and there he is, and he goes into the water, and, and he's being baptized, and he's submitting to the Father's plan in his way, and that's awesome. And then, you know, then you've got God, the Holy Spirit, coming down in the form of a dove and just signifying, hey, he's the guy. Jesus is the Son of God, and just, you know, just pointing it out and signaling, like, Jesus, this is Jesus, he's the Son of God, and then right at that same time, God the Father does his thing, and he speaks from heaven, he just rips open heaven, and he speaks from heaven and says, that's my son, I love him, I'm so pleased with him. So right there in the baptism of Jesus, you've got God just operating in perfect unity, each one doing his own role and, and operating in just this perfect harmony of Godhead. And I love it, and it blows me away. And I wish I was there. I would have loved to just like hang out by that river that day. But with his hair still wet from the baptism in that river, the Holy Spirit fills him and leads him into the middle of nowhere. I mean, I don't know what kind of way to kick off the ministry this is, but it just doesn't seem like a great idea. I don't think it would be real good for us to like launch our new prey campus and then go silent for a month. That sounds like a terrible ministry plan, but that's exactly what Jesus does. He's there. God announces his launch as the son of God and how happy he is, and then he's gone for a month. Well, actually more than a month. 
for 40 days. He's like off by himself in the wilderness. I don't know what kind of ministry plan that is. It's his ministry plan. It is God's ministry plan, and he does it perfect. It's amazing. Filled up with the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit, again, Jesus demonstrating obedience. And for 40 days, he doesn't eat a thing. He just trusts in God and his plan. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 4, starting in verse 1. As we uh, get back into Jesus, the early years. Luke 4, starting in verse 1, reading in Jesus' name because it's God's word, not mine. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. No kidding. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a a moment of time. He said to him, To you all will deliver all this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I will give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, It will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him alone shall you serve. And he took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you. And on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, It is said, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. This is not the only time that Jesus faced temptation. And temptation for humanity is common to all of us. Yes, even common to Jesus. And so we learn, we learn from what Jesus went through in temptation to help us as we face temptation. And you will be tempted. Are you human? Good. Are you alive? Yes. You're going to be tempted. Okay? We're just going to level the playing field. I don't know what your temptation is, and please don't yell it out right now. Just saying, hey, I don't need to know that. We don't need that on, you know. But you will be tempted. You know it. It's going to happen. And so as we face temptation together, we could be, and as we look at this text together, we could be tempted to look at this text like observers, more like fans on the sidelines, like cheering on our hero, like, go, Jesus, you got this. But as we look back into the context, just a touch, and we hear the Father's words to Jesus, 
You are my son. I love you. And in you I am well pleased. Those are the exact same words that we hear in our baptism. They are the exact same words that we get to hear when we believe. Because in, in the first chapter of John, it says, to all who, who did receive him, Christ, who believed in his name, he gave the right to be called the children of God. And so if you, as you are believing in Jesus and what he has done for you, Jesus wraps you up in Christ calls you son and daughter. And he tells you that he loves you and that he's pleased with you even when you don't feel like it. Even when you don't feel like it. And so we go with Christ into the wilderness and into that temptation and we're right there along with him. And as, as he's facing temptation, it happens at his weakest time. Not at his strongest time, his weakest time. He's been fasting for 40 days. I don't know if anybody here has tried that. I have not tried 40 days. I've done a couple of days, you know, fasting, um, you, you know, and wow. I, you know, if I can get that hungry after four days, I'm not entirely sure what 40 would feel like. But I think when, when, as Jesus is going into the desert and he's led by the Holy Spirit and he says, this is what you got to do, and he does it, and he's living in obedience, and he's fasting for 40 days, what, the scriptures are, are plain. They say, he was hungry. Well, yeah, no kidding, he was hungry. He hasn't eaten anything for 40 days. I'd be hungry too. You'd be hungry too. And that's exactly the time that Satan comes to tempt him. Same thing is true with us. When we're at our neediest, when we are at our weakest, when we are at our lowest, that's when we're tempted. And the biggest temptation wasn't to turn rocks into bread. That wouldn't be tempting to me at all because I can't do it. As much as I love bread, I still can't turn rocks into bread. It would be really fun, though. Think of the sandwiches. The core of the temptation for Jesus was a temptation with regard to who God says he is, to doubt his identity and to doubt his heavenly father. Is that ready to rock? And so... feel like I'm, you know, only half speaking to you.
I'll repeat it for Jerry because he didn't quite hear me. Um, Jerry, the good news about me using this microphone is that when I use this microphone, I can use both hands to speak. And then I don't feel like I'm only half speaking to you. I've got it dropping here. Okay, here we go. We're good. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 18 says this. And this is for us. For because he himself, that's Christ Jesus, has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. That's a big part of what this is all about with Christ Jesus. Is that in the midst of his temptation, he faced what we face. And as he faced temptation, and he really did suffer, he really was hungry, he really was hurting, he really was weak, he really was challenged. And in the midst of that, he's ready to help us. Because we too get tempted when we're weak. And my thing is just being terrible. I am telling you what. Oh, hang on. Okay. Whew. Great job, Marty. Thank you. Marty's on top of it. He's, you know, like mutant when it needs to be muted. Great. And so when we are weak and when we are not strong and when we are being tempted, Jesus says, I'm right there with you. And he also isn't playing spectator. He's there to help us in the midst of our temptation. You see, the at the core of what was happening is that Jesus was not just being tempted to turn rocks into bread because he was hungry. He was being tempted what? Tip it up. Collar. Okay, how's this? Now I'm going to have to like not move my, myself and just stand here the whole time. <laughs> then just use my hands. And then I'm just, I'm really going to feel like I can only half speak to you. <laughs> Jeff really reined me in with the camera. <laughs> you know? But now, you know, now I feel like, oh, man. Ugh. So I'll try to shake it off. Jesus is tempted to, to not trust God. You see, it was just before this, as he's being tempted, that, that, or as he's being baptized, that Jesus is saying, you know, and, and he's, that, that this has to happen. And God the Father is saying, you are my son. I love you. And yet in the midst of what is going on, as he is hungry, as he is hurting, as he is suffering, as he is starving, as he's being tempted by Satan, it, is, it would be so easy, and I know because it's easy for me, it would be so easy to question God, to question even his own identity. Well, if I am the Son of God, am I? Is he? Is Christ Jesus the Son of God? Does God the Father really love him? Does, does God the Father really love Jesus 
even though he allowed Jesus to suffer. The temptation is to is for Christ to solve his own problem rather than trust in the Lord solving his suffering for him. And we face the very same thing. We face the very same thing. I was reading an article by, uh, by Chad Bird, and he says this about this text. He said, that same satanic mouth has been dropped such doubting thoughts into your suffering heart, hasn't it? At your baptism too, the Father said, you are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. But does it always seem like it? When the bills pile up, have you ever wondered what use is the Father's rich grace if you haven't got the money to pay what you owe? If you are so loved by him, why did he allow you to be injured, to become ill, to be widowed or divorced, to spend hour upon hour in pain or misery or heartache or loneliness? If God is so good, why is my life so bad? And so goes the temptation to despair. But as it was with Jesus, so it is with you. Satan is luring you to turn from the trustworthy words of your father to the fickle feelings of your human heart. Do not trust yourself. Trust your father. If he sent his own beloved son to the cross... Do not pretend that he will spare you crosses, sufferings, and pain. But know and believe that behind these masks of suffering is the smiling face of your beloved Father. In love, he is bringing you cross by cross, suffering by suffering, into conformity with his beloved Son, and finally to the glory of of the resurrection. Amen. Every day we face temptation. Every day. Every day we are tempted to go our own way rather than God the Father's way. And each and every one of these temptations that faced Jesus was an unbridled attack. to distract Jesus from God's plan of salvation. Satan shows him the kingdoms of the world as a shortcut temptation, to shortcut around the suffering. Satan takes him up to the pinnacle of the temple, tempts him to throw himself down, to prove that he is the son of God as a shortcut around what really demonstrates that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And that's the cross. The temptation is to shortcut around the suffering, to shortcut around the cross, to shortcut around his death for our sins and resurrection for our righteousness. 
you too are tempted. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says that no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. You will be tempted every day. You'll be tempted to do it your way rather than trusting in God and who God says you are. I understand. I really do. You're hurting. You're suffering. You have different hurts and different temptations from each other, but at the truth, at the, at the, at the, the commonplace thing is that you are all tempted. And we are all tempted to do it our way rather than His way. Even as you suffer, even as you're hurting, even as you're facing temptation, even as you face just the consequences of living in this life. He is with you. He is with you every step of the way. And the way out of that temptation is Him. Trusting in Him and what He says about you. Go back to your baptism. Go back to that faith moment. Be reminded that when God looks at you by grace through faith, he calls you son and daughter. You are his son. You are his daughter. And he tells you that he loves you. And he reminds you that he is pleased with you, that he looks at you and he is pleased. And that is the way of escape from the temptation that besieges us. We will be tempted to trust ourselves and our fickle heart rather than the trustworthy words of our Father. But in the midst of that temptation, please be reminded of who you are in Christ and what he has done for you. You you will be tempted. You do not have to give in to sin. You do not have to give in to sin. Because he is with you. And he has paid for your sin in full. <laughs>